very good morning to you. I'm Howard Feldman, and this is the Synthesis Podcast. It's uh, we, we take a look at various uh, various areas of interest. We, of course, are a technology company, but we also look at uh, broader interests, especially around South Africa, and uh, we try to uh, bring you as many subjects as we possibly can that we believe will influence and uh, interest to you in terms of dialogue and also create a positive difference. This morning, joining us uh, is an amazing group of people, the CEOs of uh, Africa Tikkun, Mark Labner and uh, Alef Muhlenberg, as well as the Managing Director at Synthesis, Michael Shapiro, and Synthesis's uh, General Manager, Sue Ann. So uh, these are the people involved in the Africa Tikkun and Synthesis relationship, a relationship that has been going on for many years indeed. Uh, we know that it, uh, that, that it started some time ago. The relationship has got a lot stronger. Before we talk about the Synthesis Africa Tikkun relationship, let's start off with you, Mark. What is Africa Tikkun for anybody who doesn't know? First of all, very good morning to you, and thank you very much, Howard, for, for hosting the show. Um, and um, I'm going to do the formal, uh, how much we do appreciate and respect, uh, not only the support that we get from Synthesis, but I think just the nature of the relationship that we have with Synthesis, because it's not just, it's the kind of donor relationship, actually, that we love, because it's constantly exploring ways to, in fact, improve outcomes and output. Um, Africa Tikkun is an organization that primarily at its core focuses around child and youth development. A, a philosophy that says, if you invest early enough in individuals, you're going to be able to produce a result at the end of its called a developmental phase, where you've created somebody who is well suited for the job market opportunities uh, that they face. Tikkun went a step further a few years ago to not only develop individuals, but also to try and find those job opportunities through further skilling, running learnerships, working with the, this whole YES initiative, and to, to, to work from almost the demand side of the equation, finding companies who had needs for employment and then fitting those needs with individuals that have been through our training program. That's what we call our cradle to career uh, training initiative. So that's what really Africa Tikkun is today. It's a child and youth development organization. It has a very important holistic element in that we recognize a child is growing up within a community and we necessarily have to address a lot of the community needs at the same time. It's no good to isolate that child in an environment that is not in sync with what's going on around that child. Mm. Uh, Michael Shapiro, Managing Director at Synthesis, when you took over, there was already an established relationship, but you made a very, very clear decision to go uh, take this relationship a lot further um, and to become much more a supporter, much more involved in Africa Tikkun. Why Africa Tikkun? Thanks, uh, Howard, and uh, good morning to, to everyone else. It, it, is, it is a privilege um, to be on the podcast with uh, great people. Um, so thank you um, for hosting us. Uh, our relationship does go back 10 years. I think we're celebrating a decade on our partnership with Africa Tikkun and we're very proud to be associated with a wonderful organization. It, it started off um, as most corporate social investment programs do um, around contribution um, to, as a financial contribution 
um, to the organization, but quite quickly. Um, not only did we see that Africa Tikkun is a bona fide, worthy recipient of that uh, financial um, contribution, but we saw we could participate in some really impactful initiatives with, uh, with the group. And um, that not only included activities which become, have become quite popular on, on Mandela Day, but, but we ran many different activities at the, um, at the center in Alexandra, um, magnificent uh, facility in, in, in the heart of uh, you know, quite a sort of densely populated, quite hectic area. There's, uh, there's this little beacon, um, the Africa Ticken Center, and they've got an amazing crash. They've got a soccer center. They've got the soup kitchen for the elderly. I mean, we've had a couple of events there. One which, which stands out um, is we played soccer matches um, with the, the kids after school. It was synthesis team members versus the uh, Africa Ticken kids after their, their school day. They, they, they probably whipped us. Um, it was quite embarrassing. Our software engineers weren't that. I think we had a few injuries even afterwards, but it was, it was, it was a heartwarming event. Um, you know, so that's just the kind of relationship. We saw that it wasn't just the giving, it was actually the receiving that we got. I think you know, after that event, or we went to the Accra branch uh, another year, Sue Ann organized a wonderful event. We took some kids. They were panicked and we paired up. It was a sort of a 10-year-old kid with a, a person from Synthesis doing the Acro Branch event, and they were kind of holding our hands just across the, the sort of the, um, the road. Oh, was they assuring the Synthesis, reassuring the Synthesis people? I think, I think they beat us at soccer, but, but definitely on the Acro Branch, I think some of our older Synthesis uh, team members, you know, I think their fear of heights diminished as they got over 18, 19. Um, we, we, we helped them through, through that event. That, that's my recollection anyway. So it's just this wonderful relationship and, and it's really grown as Synthesis as an organization has grown and our contributions have grown. So have the 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 um, programs that we're running, and, and really, you know, compliments to Africa Ticken and the, and the leadership team and the Mark and now Aleph, um, who um, you know is really pushing the, the boundaries of, of of what can be done in South Africa, but also to Suan, who's who's you know grabbed us with both hands and um, and, and been able to to provide such such wonderful. You know, as I said, mutual partnership. And, and that's how we view it. We view it as a partnership between Synthesis and Africa Tech. You know, um, what Michael has said is just so, so important, and, you know, to the uh, viewers who are watching this podcast. You know, we can give money away, um, and our feeling of yes, our feeling of joy is relatively short-lived. We know we've done good, but we don't often necessarily know what the impact of that is all about. And we woke up years ago to realize it's not about the input alone, it's what is the outcome. And um, what, what we're just talking about here now is probably, if I can call it uh, the greatest accomplishment that we could achieve, is that there are individuals who are living fortunate lives that are able to in fact experience individuals who are living such disadvantaged lives and come together as human beings to share this life experience. Those are the memories that are, you know, not lost. That feeling of being on the highway on Acro Branch and holding a kid's hand. I promise you the yes, the joy that you get from that giving is irreplaceable. 
you can't get that from just simply writing out a check. Not that a check isn't important, mm-hmm. but, but it's that giving with a sense of sharing. And that's hopefully what we would like to see you know, from all our donors, because that means we're really, we, we walking the journey together. It's not necessarily we are being contracted to perform a set of tasks, which once have been done necessarily, because the type of work we do is never ending. And so, so our appeal, in fact, is to have relationships exactly like that which Suyan has embraced um, and sort of put arms around us, walked with us. It's inspirational for us, quite frankly, as much as it is impactful mm-hmm. for the kids. Well, which is quite, quite interesting because in most companies, uh, GM stands for general manager. I'm convinced it's synthesis. So Sue's title is GM, which is general mom. And uh, she makes sure that the entire company <laughs> does embrace this and does embrace Mandela. And she does it as, as, uh, as exactly for, for, for this reason. But it isn't just about contribution. It's about getting involved. Sue, maybe take us through, I don't know, one experience. This, uh, this year's Mandela Day, which, which was, of course, completely different and had to be different to the year before. Thank you, Howard. So from my side, I found that we had to think out of the box. But to take you back the eight years that I've been involved with Africa Ticken, every year we have had to be out of the box. The year one, we went and played soccer. Some people felt comfortable. But we made Muriel's paintings against the wall, and everybody told me we're coders. Nobody can paint. And I used technology. And I took the tools with to cast the picture against the wall and suddenly everybody was painting and they loved it. Now this year we just built on that initiative where we had to think out of the box. We still wanna participate, people still want to know that synthesis is there, we're helping. And what I found is the people I work with want to do something to make a difference as was mentioned earlier. You don't just want to write a check and it's short-lived and it's finished. So this year we embraced the fact that people are stuck at home. They're not making money. Winter is coming. It is cold. They're hungry. And then we set forth two months ahead of schedule and we got people to crochet. We got people to start knitting. We even had one of the males in the company that took out his mom's knitting machine, which is not completely electronic. He learned how to do that and knitted scarves for us. (laughs) It was quite an experience. We had tech sessions on Friday afternoons where people could show off what they were doing, ask for advice. And I have to admit, this by far was the biggest Mandela Day participation we've had. And the contributions were just phenomenal. We could not believe it filled the office's reception there in Melrose Arch with all the photographs of what we could then share with the people. And then lovely pictures were returned because we all want to know where it goes. It's our first Mandela day where we actually weren't there to see the people at the center, the children at the center. So the pictures were really heartwarming. Amazing. Um, and if uh, you obviously, I, th- I think you've been, uh, you've been uh, CEO for about a year and a half, is that right? Yeah, since the very, um, 6th of July, um, I joined, uh, last year I joined Africa Twin. All right. And, uh, and it, it, it must be quite interesting from your perspective because, uh, as Mark was, was alluding to, 
there are a lot of different types of relationships and you have to somehow figure out what it is that works for that particular maybe corporate relationship maybe some people do just want to know that they that they're supporting a good cause and and that their money will be you know go to the right uh, recipient and others like synthesis want to know that uh, that they're involved in it and they and they want to contribute more than just uh, financial how do you gauge that it must be quite uh, sometimes uh, quite a challenge um i think how to answer your question is we we um, ideally want to achieve a partnership with with the corporates and i think um, the relationship between synthesis and africa tukun in that is almost like a best practice isn't it to say um, there's there's a, a clear um, partnership relationship between the two organizations that is that that is almost creates a synergy um, where the one plus one equals to three and that's that's what we aim for. Um, obviously, um, some or some corporates are, are like you said, interested in, in providing a check um, for for either BE purposes or corporate social investment purposes, and that's fine. But ideally speaking, we try to build long-term relationships where employees um, generate a sense of purpose in their jobs by um, directly participating in projects of Africa Tukun. And that's been really, really cool to see um, when it comes to the synthesis and Africa Tukun relationships. But one of the first things I did when, um, when I started at Tukun is I went to Alex in, uh, with Mandela Day and saw Michael and the team painting the, the IT room there, which I believe they donated a number of computers to as well, um, which was really, really, really cool to see. And it was cool to see that anyone in the business was, was involved in it actually did a decent job in painting because I've seen corporate really ruin spaces at, um, on, on a Mandela day and the next day you have to go back and redo it. But um, the, synthesis, uh, the synthesis team, I think as to what Suen was alluding to earlier, actually have some, um, some good painting skills there. So it was good to see how involved the staff is and it was good to see how they interact with the kids and how they interact with our staff members and that there is a genuine mutual respect between um, synthesis and and the uh, and the beneficiaries and staff of Africa Tukun. So that's that's kind of what our best practice looks like. Mm. Absolutely incredible, Mark. If I could just ask you this, you know the the strain that we're seeing in South Africa, and it's not just uh, COVID nineteen. It's also uh, the the result of, of of the level of corruption, the the fact. That uh, and, and I don't want to get into a political discussion because ultimately this is about um, solving and dealing with uh, what, what what the reality is on the ground. But but uh, the pressure on on the system must be tremendous at the moment. How has Africa Tikkun dealt with that over the last couple of months? You know, it's a tough question to ask because there. They're actually, you know, uh, it's a very complex um, uh, question, equally complex answers. There are two elements. One is an immediate response, you know, just reacting to the crisis. You know, picture a situation where for the last 20 odd years we've had kids coming to our centers uh, and we've been able to enact this uh, cradle to career development discipline at our centers. I mean, last year alone, um, we made over 1.8 million meals at our centers, but we could feed those individuals at our centers, literally within the space of 10 days notice, 
we were told that there was going to be a lockdown, the start of the COVID lockdown, and our immediate concern was, what? Well, how are we going to feed? These kids had been coming to us each and every single day, some 10,000 odd kids coming to our centers every day, looking to us for their daily food security. And bear in mind, those that were coming from homes where the families were uh, ill-equipped to be able to feed them necessarily went home with food parcels. So you can understand um, the model that we had was, again, not just catering for the feeding needs and educational needs of kids coming to our centers. And now all of a sudden we had to very quickly think about how do we feed not only our own wards, but those kids were going back to families and themselves were in lockdown. So not good enough just to provide a meal for that one individual child. You've necessarily got to give thought to the whole family situation and circumstance. We came up with a model very quickly that said our centers have to realign themselves towards the crisis, uh, which was immediately food, and then over the next couple of weeks, continuing on with their education. And um, we were, I think we were really, really blessed in a number of ways. First, the organization quickly changed itself. You had teachers, early childhood development teachers, who suddenly became packers of food parcels. We had drivers who typically would be you know, driving uh, to macro and stuff to collect food uh, for our centers, having to now put on hazmat suits and go into the township communities to deliver literally the people in the shacks who were in lockdown and not able, if you were elderly or infirmed, how are you going to get access to your food if we didn't necessarily deliver directly to your shacks? So we were also very blessed that we had a number of large corporates and private individual donors who supported us. And uh, we raised a significant sum of COVID relief monies to be able to give effect to feeding about 70,000 families with a month's supply of food. So that was the immediate issue. We sort of interim phase then moved towards providing online skills training and education. So our uh, enterprise development activity around learnerships and tutelage under the YES program necessarily continued um, by going digital. And, and equally at the same time, we did things like we put together homework assignments that when families came to fetch their food, could collect their projects and then the next time they collected food again, they had returned the results. And, and how to your point though, is to now what's the future looking like? Because that's now where things get a little bit fuzzy and frankly speaking, a little bit scary. As you can appreciate, we, we, we received all this funding, Solidarity Fund, private individual donations, and we've distributed the large bulk of the monies that we've received. We've obviously kept a little bit back in reserve to ensure that we can continue to feed kids responsibly over the next six, eight months. But then what? And what about all those thousands that we were feeding um, as a result of the generosity from donors who don't necessarily have the wherewithal to continue to give now phase two? So we had hoped that a lot of our initiatives would necessarily be embraced by and engaged with uh, government and other NGOs. There is only one possible way out of this solution, out of this mess that we find ourselves in. We've got to call it as it is, because things are very unstructured, uh, with dozens and dozens and dozens of goodwill initiatives all over the place, civil society playing its role. There's only one funder in the country, and that's government, that has the resources to make meaningful, impactful, 
and sustainable change around food security. And we've just got to collaborate. I think what we've proved, and I'm sorry I'm a little bit long-winded, but I think what we've proved over this last couple of months is that it's organizations like Tikkun who are in the community, based in those communities, have been for many, many years, now instance over 20 uh, odd years, 25 odd years, that have the ability to deliver the last mile. It's critically important, that element. Government realized that large corporates realized that, yes, they might have had the wherewithal to throw um, money at food solutions, but how are they going to get it to the people who really needed it? And how are they going to stop double dipping and, and trading in food, which is today, in fact, a much sought after commodity? You, you have to work with the local community structures that are currently in place and have been in place for a long, long time. And if we can get this consolidated effort right, we've got a really good chance at necessarily pulling this country together. And I think in a relatively short period of time, three to five years, we really could have a situation where you've got kids being developed for job market opportunities that are predefined, companies working with civil society in anticipation of that, and government then in wrapping their arms with the resources that they've got to make that effectively a reality. People will eat, people at the same time will get educated, and people will find productive jobs, and our economy will really, truly, I believe, kickstart itself again. So it's interesting. I'm going to make another suggestion and say that, that companies and groups, organizations that had the right culture before COVID-19 were very well suited to adapt very quickly to the challenges, the additional challenges that COVID-19 presented. And uh, certainly my observation is, is everything that you're saying is that Africa Tikkun was exactly that type of organization. Um, I've, I've witnessed this on the synthesis side as well, uh, where, where although the company was already involved in the space, let's say, of technology and able to work from home, it could pivot very quickly because of that culture. Michael, can you, can you uh, just talk to that? Because there's such an interesting um, synergy here. Yeah, and um, you know, it's, it's, I think that what Mark articulated not only about the very well thought out and, and considered way in which to cooperate with government is going to be essential, but also the earlier points, Africa Tikkun responded very quickly to change the way that distributions were made is, you know, the reason why we, why we partner with them. We, we know that there's, there's no waste, that there's no, um, that there's, there's no hesitation to, you know, with, with the generosity of spirit, help people, uh, the way in which the organization was set up, as Mark mentioned, 25 years ago, uh, Rabbi Harrison and Anne Harrison, patrons, and the Lubner family. Um, so it, it just gives further credence to um, this, this association. And I think you're right. Um, the culture of being agile, the culture of being able to adapt is what, as um, I think Charles Darwin said, has been the cause of the survival of the species. Not that I'm a Darwinist, but it is a fantastic quote. <laughs> I do think that um, this, this, this resonates with us. Um, we, we were very agile in terms of, and we have been for years, that from the software development industry, you have to um, remain abreast with, with technolo technological developments with the latest innovation 
And we, we portray ourselves as, as a company that's a thought leader in innovation. And I think Africa Ticket is a thought leader in innovation in, um, in, in giving charity. And one of the other major programs that, that, that we really enjoy working with Africa Ticket is the learnerships. Because we know that the highest form of, of giving is to set someone up um, for life, that they don't have to be a beneficiary of, um, of, of, any, of, of any charity going forward. And, and we saw in the annual general meeting three, four weeks ago, the Africa Ticket annual general meeting, one of the beneficiaries is now contributing back. Um, and, and the learnerships that are run um, you know, are, are set up exactly for that. And we're very proud to, to sponsor a number of learnerships. We have 25 learners running um, under the Africa Ticket services today. And what's also interesting, um, when we, we surveyed our team, and we survey our team quite a lot, we, we, we love to gather information, find out what people are thinking. Uh, we have a, uh, a program uh, that Howard runs called Pulse. We try and take the pulse of the organization. When we asked our team, what did they think about the you know, contributions to Africa Ticket, our Mandela Day collections, uh, you know, uh, um, you know, visiting the, the, the sites, the, the, the various centers, a lot of them commented that they would like to give back in a more meaningful way with the skills that they have. So these are software engineers, they're computer science graduates. They felt that they wanted to be contributing more in, in that manner, um, rather than just uh, you know, arriving for the day. And yes, it's very, it's very rewarding and, and it stays with us for a long time. So what Sue Ann has done, which is incredible, she set up these virtual masterclasses um, where teams provide some insight for work readiness. And uh, they're, they're transmitting that information, their learning, their, their experience um, to, 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 the, to the learners. And, and now that it can be distributed digitally, um, also, it's a, also, also it's a great initiative. And we, we want to be contributing in that way with some of the unique skills we have, uh, marrying those up with some of the, the needs and, and requirements that uh, Africa Ticker has in, in this area. See, that's what's so critically important, you know. And again, forgive me if I re re repeat earlier, it's not just writing out a check that makes the difference. It's that engagement um, and it's that participation. And, and you know, Michael, I'm, I'm so thrilled to hear you talk about, you know, the parallels uh, that you see for argument's sake in leadership. If, if you're running an organization as you do, you can come across crises, as we all do. There isn't a single business in the world that doesn't, at some stage of its development, hit crises. And the ability to navigate through that crisis comes from leadership. And, and what you've done is you've created a culture within your organization that has allowed an individual project like, like Sue Ann to sort of truly embrace a sense of purpose that goes beyond simply just making returns on you know, equity invested. Um, and it's that that I honestly do believe builds great companies. There, there are really a lot of books that have been written about you know, what creates sustainable businesses, great businesses. And invariably it always comes down to one key critical issue, you know, a sense of purpose beyond necessarily yourself. That sense of being able to lead with a sense of sincerity, authenticity, conviction, um, and, and it's very difficult to, you know, just commit to just making profits as your goal. 
um, to the extent that you're sharing the skills, the knowledge that you've got that's unique to your organization with others, you're really thirsty for that. And that there's a platform, because that's really what Tikkun is. Tikkun is just a platform for, for enabling that, quite honestly. Um, you know, is exactly the model that necessarily paves the way, in my opinion, to the solutions that we're looking for in South Africa. I just wish more companies uh, would do a deep dive into why it is since this operates the way that it does and the benefits that necessarily accrue to it as a result of that kind of enlightened leadership. Mm -hmm. Certainly, we, we're constantly looking into that. Sue, can you just talk to us about this, uh, about this learnership? Because you're very involved in it, the graduations, the, you know, give, give us your, your sense around it. Thank you, Howard. So we started the learnerships four years ago. It was exploring a new avenue. And it was very interesting starting with an NQF level four. They learned how to work the Microsoft products. And then quickly we realized that they weren't getting any employable work where they felt the years studies done actually gave them a purpose to drive forward. So since we've actually gone up to an NQF level five and there's a little bit of programming involved and the learners are actually now more employable. And I think what we've started doing that they really enjoy, we check in at least once in six weeks, even if it's just a hello, how are you? The other areas where we also go in, we do work readiness with them as well. We do CV creation. We do mock interviews, which we are scheduled to do in two weeks' time. And there's a lot of involvement from our HR department and administrative staff to help them prepare because Africa Ticken is helping them to be facilitated in their training and they're growing the individuals. But we feel like we're just not closing the gap to get them into those positions. And that is where Synthesis have come together and we as a group said, how can we prepare them even more? And yes, as you mentioned, we had a virtual graduation this year. Our graduation happened just as lockdown happened and it was stunning. We could do a video for all of them, which they distributed to all their family and that included their certificates. And it was a moment of pride for every learner. And I'm happy to say to date, we are aware of our previous 23 learners that to have been employed even during lockdown. And Africa Tekken is also helping them look for other work opportunities going forward. And we do keep in touch with all those learners. So currently we are in touch with approximately 48 learners, which includes 25 that we have, are running now. And very happy with our relationship with Africa Tekken Services, as well as the training program that they are on. Just to, to interject, I'm sorry, but I think it is important to, to point out Howard's uh, articulation and uh, naming Sue's general mom certainly extends quite far because she knows each and every one of the 25 learners. This check-in that she talks about is not a cursory check-in. She checks yeah. in on one, she knows them individually, um, she, she has a, a relationship with, with each of them and like the previous 23 learners, you know, for her it's a source of, of pride that um, they were absorbed and that they found uh, gainful employment. So Sue does talk about the numbers and the program, but it's, it's definitely a lot more than that um, for her. You know, we, we, we're truly blessed to have someone like uh, Sue part of the organization to, who has that care 
um, you know, far broader than um, just nine to five um, work um, day requires. So it's appropriate for me to, to, to bring that in while we're talking on, on a personal level. And uh, in fact, I see uh, Karaba, who's uh, the synthesis relationship manager, manager has uh, has joined us um, and I see him nodding at when uh, when Michael's talking about uh, about Sue's involvement Karaba you can be honest does she drive you completely mad <laughs> no honestly speaking um, Sue she's one of the stunning uh, individuals that I work with at synthesis uh, she never actually drives me crazy you know I, I actually I, I like her she knows that you know uh, any program, any initiative that she is about to embark on, she let me know, and we see how I can, of course, best support from her. I can best support, best support her from my side, and we do that ex expectation uh, exceptionally well. And of course, Sue, as an individual, she's like she's just a phenomenal person. She's in the CSI space because of she loves it, and she has she has all the the characteristics that one needs to be in a in a CSI department. She's compassionate. She's passionate about what she does. So all of that makes her life very much easy. She doesn't even, I don't think even she sees this as a job. I, I, don't, I don't think she even sees this as a burden. So that's why I'm actually nodding. Because if I know how she works, uh, I know how she works. Uh, absolutely. Aleph, if I can bring, uh, can I bring you in here. What, uh, what's in the future? What's, what's the next, uh, what does the next year hold for, uh, for Africa Tikkun? Howard, it's a, it's a number of things. I think the, I think Mark alluded to it is that there's a crisis when it's still even a further developed crisis now around uh, youth unemployment. So that's one of um, our main focuses, not only by um, creating employment through through the learnership initiatives, but also looking at self-employment. Is how can we ensure that people in townships can start their own businesses and and um, generate their own income. Um, secondly, one of the things that uh, we realize is due to this pandemic is that there's still a, um, a problem when it comes to food security in townships. So we are looking at uh, very closely to providing solutions um, for that problem in the communities that we work in um, through agriculture, through training people in agriculture, but also to um, aiming to start urban agricultural projects that can be started in someone's high, around someone's shack or even in someone's shack. Um, with the purpose to at least ensure that people can grow their own food or have regular access to food. Um, another, another thing that we, are, from a Tikkun perspective, are really excited about, and, and it kind of was brought about by this pandemic again, um, and we're trying to see silver linings here, is um, that we're trying to get all our programs online. So that is from a great R program uh, to taking that online, from all our child and youth development programs to our career development programs that we offer all through an online platform and that people can almost log in through um, a My Africa Tukun kind of platform. And, and with you guys being IT specialists, we will first run it by you, of course, to, to get some professional input. But um, because we're not trying to be, we're not um, trying to uh, proclaim IT specialists um, uh, to be the IT specialist in the room. But um, we are really excited about it uh, for a number of reasons. Um, it will allow us to scale the, the cradle-to-career model significantly without having to build the massive centers that we, for example, have in Alex. Um, but still have people, through partnerships, access our, our materials. And I think that's really, really exciting. 
Um, and on that note, I think that's the last thing that's, that is really um, on our hearts and on, and, and on our strategy is um, to grow Africa's cultural partnerships. With um, um, the, the food distribution from the Solidarity Fund, we work with 112 other organizations to distribute 24,000 food parcels in three weeks. And that went really well. And what we realize is that we have a lot of skills that is, that is required in the not-for-profit space, from a monitoring evaluation point of view, to a marketing perspective, to a fundraising perspective, to an operations point of view. But if we train other not-for-profits in um, getting it to the end user, to the beneficiary, and, and we take care of those, um, those things that are around the, the implementation, like monitoring evaluation, then we can work well with other organizations and we can significantly increase our impacts. And that's what we're about. We wanna make more impacts, we wanna reach South Africa. We see that there's an incredible sense of urgency in the team to do so. Um, and it excites us, uh, it really does. And I think that's what, what's ahead of us in the next uh, year or two. Mark, if I can, uh, uh, because we are gonna to have to wrap it up in the next uh, minute or so. Mark, uh, your, your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, um, what we try to do in planning uh, for, you know, our long-term sustainability and impact, you know, we've got to constantly every year, we, we do this twice a year where we do a, uh, an internal review. Um, we have what we call performance stats, which we look at on a monthly basis. Are we meeting the performance outcomes that we're looking for? But on a twice yearly basis, we do an internal review to say, are we relevant, quite honestly, is what we're doing necessarily what should be prioritized. There's so many things to do. So with Olive coming on board as the CEO of the development arm of the organization, um, A, as you can hear in two minutes, his sense of growing what we're doing within the communities that we're engaged in through these partnering relationships is a key theme that's coming about. Um, we really are practicing what we're preaching and it's damn difficult, I must promise, sounds easy, to say we're gonna go out and forge partnering relationships. But when you're dealing with people who themselves are committed to doing good, everybody's got their sense as to how it should be done. And it becomes quite difficult to actually consolidate efforts. Uh, so it's no mean task. At the same time, we're also resource shy in the township communities. Uh, as Aleph talks about going onto digital platforms, online skills training, you've got to make the assumption therefore that people have got the tools and they don't. They don't have the equipment and they don't have the wherewithal to be able to go out and buy a laptop for a given sake or a pad. So we've got to forgive, forgive thought to some of those solutions. On a more macro perspective, what we're trying to do, which is really what's freeing uh, my time up now to be able to look at what can we do with government on a national level to take this cradle to career model and imbue that model in new communities communities that don't necessarily have that cradle to career game plan. Uh, so that's very, very much on our agenda at the moment. We've in fact signed a contract with the Department of Social Development to give effect to that national rollout. And what's exciting is that um, we, we have this opportunity to now make this the national protocol um, in terms of the approach to child youth development. And then just finally, um, we're going to be continuously working towards convincing corporates to be a lot more like synthesis, quite honestly. We are talking, not much exercise, we're talking to the Adrian Gores of the world to say, look at the synthesis model. Understand that that really is a clever way of investing, not giving charity, but investing 
in your future labor pool, investing in South Africans that will create the South Africa that we want. Building more structures is not going to do it. Uh, admonishing government's educational system is not going to do it. We've got to do it for ourselves. We've got enough resources in this country, from financial to, to internet, to truly be able to create the South Africa that we want. And it's through following models of people like Michael and Sue Ann, uh, taking people like Karabo, who quite honestly can tell you his own story as to how he came off the streets of Alex to become now a very significant and material player, not just in Africa Tikkun, but in society in general. We understand those stories, you understand how parties played uh, this collaborative role. You really, I think, must be left with a sense of optimism for the country at a time when it just seems to be so much gloom and doom. Um, I'm concerned, but I honestly do believe that by pulling together, we have what it takes in this country to truly turn the ship around. Yeah, and I would add as well that for the company itself, it's not even uh, the benefit is as much internal as it is external, certainly from my observations. Um, Michael, uh, Michael Shapiro, I leave you, uh, I uh, let you have the last word, your thoughts. Yeah, thanks, uh, Mark. It's, it's really inspirational um, to, to hear those words and to know that there are organizations like Africa Tech and that, that they are aspiring to, to make the difference and make the change. And, and, and let's be clear, Africa Tikkun is on a daily basis saving lives, uh, people being fed. Um, it's uh, it's, it's you know, truly remarkable. Not only are they doing that, it's, uh, it's a place where, where people are, are taught to have a career, where, 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 there's, where there's some hope. Uh, I cast my mind back to um, the visit to, to the Dipslert Center. And we spent a lot of time with the kids, um, we painted some classrooms, obviously, <laughs> we did that. Um, but I spent a bit of time with uh, one of the social workers and with Taina Lavna after, after the session, and, and they were talking about how Dipslert, some of the kids, um, the horrors that they had been through um, you know, at the age of three, four, five years old, um, just to sort of see you know, how scary it was. Um, you know, that's, uh, you know, so another experience that, uh, you know, sort of you know, made, made a massive impact on, on our team. Um, we, we did also some, some workshops there. This was actually the genesis of our sort of masterclass at the, at the Dipslert Center. And, um, you know, I just I wish the organization uh, all the success, um, all the blessings. Um, we really, you know, encourage Mark, Aleph, Karabu to, to push us along and um, to, to you know, do do the excellent work that they do, and uh, you know, encourage you know, our listeners just just to look into to what Africa Ticken are doing, and for for the corporates to also reach out, and if it's Africa Ticken or another another venture, but just to to apply themselves and um, to to really you know make this positive change. Mark's right; it's about purpose. It's about uh, more than just uh, a profit motive, and um, that that drives organisations uh, to be successful. And, uh, you know, thank everyone for, for allowing us the opportunity of this, this great partnership. I guess it may be the end of the short story. And Karabu, as he's got his hand up, he wants to speak. But it's just, it was, it was just, just, just indicative. We, we were in our old Scott Street offices. It was about 2012 when we went through to the Alex Center. And we said, it's just over the hill. You just go up Paula Drive from Scott Street. You cross over Lubwitzer. And there you're in, in Alexandria. You know, it's two, two kilometers away from where we were. So we said, we're not going to hire a bus. 
why would we have a bus to, to take? We'll, we'll drive our cars into Alice, to the, to the Africa Ticket Center, why not? Uh, so I had five people in my car, and we were busy driving through the heart of Alex, left turns, right turns, it's, uh, you know, for the narrow roads, uh, quite, uh, quite confusing, and I get a call, an unknown number. It's my tracking company. They go, Michael, <laughs> we picked up that you're <laughs> in a hotspot area. Is everything okay? I said, absolutely. You know, everything's okay. It's more than okay. We're on our way to Africa Ticken Center. So this is, you know, we just had many years of, of you know, sort of really special experiences um, with, the, with the group. And I'm going to hand over to you, Karab. I see you, you're chomping into this. Absolutely. I must say, uh, Mr. Shapiro, thank you so much. And Duhat as well. See, um, with synthesis, it's never, it's never like a, a, it never feels like a bad and as a corporate from their side. Because if I think, I don't know how so you did, the, how you did this thing, but with synthesis, you, you, you have this, you have this, you are motivated as, as a staff. I don't know, maybe is Mr. Shapiro paying you more, paying you guys more, you know, to, <laughs> to have this energy, what is happening? But you guys have this right mentality. They have this right culture of giving, you know what I'm saying? So with that, I just want to say thank you so much. I mean, we as the organization, of course, we might seem to be taking all the credit, but to be honest with you, all the support and all the resources that we're getting is through corporates like yourself and, and, and people like yourself who believe in us that we're going to make a difference into the communities that we've been, uh, uh, that we've been entrusted you know, to, to take care of. So more than, more than anything from my side, I just want to say you know, to Synthesis, the entire team, the employees, thank you so much. I mean, I, I must say, Howard, whenever we do the Mandela Day initiative, you'd see literally how the synthesis uh, employees are excited getting the box down. Or whenever they're doing an, an office drive, be it, it, be it, uh, be it uh, winter warmers, be it beanies, the employees, they're excited, you know, they're getting food, you know, going down upstairs and like, you have no idea. It's so nice, you know. But I must say, over and above, thank you so much uh, to the entire synthesis, the entire management. You know, we've really had a great uh, a partnership over the years, and 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 I thank you guys, and I thank you, thank you so much. I mean, thank you. Robert, Robert gave us a, a very warm wish uh, when we saw him at our office, and I believe it holds true. He said we will continue to be successful because we support Africa Ticket, and our success <laughs> <laughs> allows us to contribute more. And. Uh, <laughs> Drives, uh, you know, we, we appreciate the wishes, Karab. We, we hope it, we hope it continues to, you know, be true and and uh, multiply by a thousand um, in terms of um, in terms of that wish. I must say, also, I'm also surrounded by visionaries. I mean, uh, Mr. Moenbeck, um, uh, he's a visionary. Uh, Mr. Lapman is a visionary. So, and I like the fact that also um, Mr. M uh, Alif has actually taken me under his wing. You know, to little bit of uh, give me some bit of a mentorship because of sometimes not sometimes you always need a mentorship you always need coaching in life as well so i'm glad that actually uh, alif uh, the ceo is also my uh, mentor hopefully one of the good days who knows guys i might run synthesis <laughs> no but i'm kidding but i must say uh, thank you so much um over and above thank you and to heart as well thank you uh, la la i did attend your last session that was, um, I think the session was hosted by Synthesis. It was around um, how to identify the fake news, the central intelligence and all of that. I must say, thank you so much. That was quite of an insight as well. I could not, my, I could not make my remarks then because of understanding it was, a, it was, it was it, you were scheduled on time as well. I must say, thank you so much. And to see, uh, 
Yeah, and in fact, we've got uh, our next uh, webinar, which is on Thursday, uh, where, where we're looking at uh, born out of adversity, and uh, and it's uh, we look at we're looking at stories where where people have made good out of uh, out of difficult situations. So uh, thank you, and that's uh, essentially what uh, what Africa Tikkun is really there uh, there there to do, and uh, is is to change the lives of people. Mark Labner, um, Aleph. Uh, you, and Michael Shapiro, and, and uh, thank you everybody for taking the time to speak to us and uh, in this very, very interesting discussion. I'm Howard Feldman, this has been thank the you, Synthesis Podcast, and uh, do stay tuned and uh, do make sure to, uh, to uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you have access to all of these podcasts. Have a great one.